it's the positive mindset that you have and the thoughts that you have and it's like okay something's going really wrong but what can you what's good coming out of it what do you see on the positive side of it this is from paint to purpose a podcast by fcp services where we believe people drive growth exploring topics related to company culture leadership and construction industry insights now your host John Barsness. Why don't you start off by, I guess, uh, telling us a little bit about Epic Companies and your role with the company? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Epic Companies is an investment management and development firm. We're located in West Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, we started in 2015 and have since evolved quite a bit. Now we're at 2021 with just over 40 employees. So Things have really transgressed, especially with the development world, for those of you that follow. Our specialty is mixed use, so we always like to say we like to take underutilized spaces and build up from there. So I have been with the company since 2017. I started part-time, and then I went to full-time, and I am the VP of Marketing and PR. And we have a different marketing team right now that we're kind of putting together. Actually, we're in the process of changing a few employees. So that's kind of exciting. We're really looking forward to bringing a few new ones on, some more experience, uh, having some people with more graphic design type plus coordinating uh, to kind of develop what we've been wanting to for a few years in the last, or in the last few years. And are you guys predominantly in the upper Midwest for properties just in North Dakota? Where, where's kind of your footprint? Yeah, so we are in about 20 plus cities. Uh, we have uh, predominantly in North Dakota, yes, but we do have a property in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Uh, we're also looking at some other property in some Minnesota towns along the border there of the Red River Valley. Uh, we have uh, properties in Grand Forks, Minot, Bismarck, Jamestown, Fargo, West Fargo. Uh, and we're always kind of open to ideas. Uh, I won't say specific names just because uh, right now those are kind of in the works, but it's interesting how many people reach out to us in different towns and city leaders that are looking for us to come there and say they have an, an old school or a church or something that they'd like to see revitalized. And they think of us and they call us and we always look at every option and go entertain it. And so do you guys do mostly ground up or do you take existing buildings and, and, and do remodel and renovation to make it into that mixed use uh, environment? Well, good question. Uh, typically, we do ground up. Uh, mixed use is one thing where we have underground parking, so we're always trying to look at the, the ground itself and kind of see what works for it. However, lately, uh, if someone presents a project, we like to check it out, whether that is, say, an old school or something. It just really kind of depends on the numbers, what's needed in that community, uh, especially with housing. That's a big thing. And maybe there isn't a potential for mixed use. Maybe they do just need housing. So we like to look at those options as well. We did take an old building in Mina and restored it into an affordable housing project a few years ago called Park South. And since that, we're gonna be starting, or opening, I should say, our next affordable housing project in Mina as well, which is actually gonna be a mixed use building, one of the nicest mixed use buildings in North Dakota. And have you found, since you guys have been uh, in this space, uh, the changing demographic of uh, communities wanting to have uh, more of the mixed-use environment, so it's sort of an all-inclusive in some cases, uh, the convenience of 
having uh, retail along with uh, with housing in these in these developments? Yeah, most definitely. I think people are finding that mixed use does make the most of your space, uh, whether they're evaluating parking, the living situation, commercial. And if you're trying to recruit employees as a business, being able to say that your business is on the bottom floor or second floor, some of our buildings have two floors of commercial, of a space that actually has housing right connected to it uh, is a big recruiting tool, especially for people that don't want to start their cars in the winter or that enjoy the underground parking that can walk downstairs. Those people that have a pet, for instance, hey, does this restaurant downstairs have a patio? I'd love to go sit out on the patio and have a slice of pizza. That type of thing has been very attractive. And city leaders throughout the state of North Dakota, I know throughout the Midwest, it's starting to evolve as well throughout the nation, uh, have really taken a liking to that mixed use concept because they're able to provide so much more square footage in one space. And they're also able to provide different options, whether that's bringing certain businesses that have never been in town before to their town. So it's also bringing you know, more people spending money, more economic dollars and tax dollars for the community. You mentioned uh, a couple of the projects that you guys have uh, worked on or are in development on around affordable housing. Is that a, is that an, a part of your, not just strategy, but uh, company uh, culture or desire to be a, a development company that does uh, focus on affordable housing? I think over the last few years, we found that affordable housing is very large for the community, let alone the statewide. Uh, so I think that's why we've taken a liking to it is that it's something that's such a need. And if you're able to bring that to the community, it's a huge perk. You know, we're, we're not necessarily saying that we're going to, you know, keep trying to do that. But with the opportunity presents itself, sometimes you have to take a chance and go for it. And the one that we're doing, Google and Broadway right now in Minot, that one was one that did present itself. A few years ago, they flooded. Well, it's actually been almost 10, 10 years ago now uh, coming up. And they had some, some funds from HUD. They had um, the National Disaster Resiliency Fund. So they had some NDR funds. And they had things that they needed to try to figure out what to do with those. And with the affordable housing mixed-use building, that was kind of a perfect thing. Because a lot of people were living or are living in female, FEMA trailers. And they like to get them out of those situations into better situations. So being able to provide a mixed-use building that is just as nice as a house that anybody could afford and live in, has similar amenities, and is based on income, is kind of the next step for, for their community. So if the opportunity presents itself, yes, I would say that we would continue to look at options. It's not something that we're, we're striving to do. But like I said, affordable housing is such a huge need throughout the communities and the state that we want to be able to keep providing that and keep going in that direction if it's there. Switching gears a little bit and talking about kind of your, the, the, the growth you mentioned in the, with the company, talk a little bit maybe about what you've seen and experienced uh, both on the, on the positive uh, side of growth, especially if it's been that quickly uh, and maybe some of the challenges of trying to, continue to, to be growth-minded, but also recognizing the impact it might have on the company culture a little bit. So talk to us a little bit maybe about the, uh, the trajectory of that growth and, and what you've experienced since, uh, since you've been there. Yeah, I won't speak for everyone, but I think uh, growth definitely provides that change. And I've always kind of been a believer that change is good, but 
you can't say we didn't have quite a few growing pains along the way. I think that's something that's uh, pretty natural for a lot of companies. Uh, one thing that my boss speaks highly of is communication is the key to success. It's actually on our wall. Uh, he has always been very big into, hey, just communicate about it. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. When we first started, it felt like so many people as we evolved were wearing so many hats and running around and doing so many different things. And I'm cleaning apartments and showing, doing showings and moving people in. And uh, it was just kind of crazy what, what you can do and what you can kind of figure out and solve when you have to when there's just a small number of people. But as you grow and evolve, you kind of realize your niche more. You figure out your bucket and what works for you. And that's something that we've continuously been doing. It's not, it's not like we're complete. We're at that point. Like I even mentioned, we're hiring some marketing people to kind of fill some of those voids. But we're kind of figuring out what areas and what sections need a little bit more of our attention. And one of those recently was construction. We've actually developed construction by Epic and been able to bring on quite a few construction managers, uh, whether they're more experienced construction managers to laborers, to people to kind of be able to bring that. And with that, you know, our boss and our senior vice president have taken a liking to figuring out what works with the finances and the performa and what's making our investors happy, what's the return. And so ultimately, what we figured out is having more people that are able to be in that niche and figure out what their specific job duty is and what they're supposed to do at the end of the day is definitely helping our company culture. It's helping you know, the positive attitudes, really. People aren't feeling as overworked. It's helping the stress level. But it's also helping our company as a whole and make good decisions and be able to uh, overall, I guess, be cash flowing and be a company that um, spends their money wisely and is able to complete the projects on time, on budget. And that's something that we've been very proud of over the last few years. And something within our company, too, we have, you know, a couple core values. And one of them is always like, you know, be humble about things and try to handle it and take care of it and move on if you have to. If you need help, there's always people that are there to help. Uh, and when you get your hands in so many different things and you're touching everything, sometimes that's where, where mistakes can happen. So I think one of our biggest things with our culture has been able to kind of figure out who we need on staff and on board and being able to tell them what their job is and what they're in charge of and being able to provide a director that they report to, a senior vice president, then you have the boss. It's been able to very much so make sure that things go a lot smoothly around here, let alone helping the culture and helping the people here feel better about coming to work every day. So I would assume that uh, like many of us, uh, as you rapidly grow and expand and bring new people on, uh, clearly communication is, a, is, is important, but so too is uh, hiring the right people so that it doesn't uh, adversely affect uh, culture, especially for those who are um, maybe used to a certain way of doing things because that's always how it's been done. And when you bring more talent on, sometimes there's new, it also brings great ideas. Uh, how have you found, especially on your team, maybe what that might have looked like as you've continued to bring on new talent or, or looking for new talent. How have you decided what is necessary, you know, the skill sets, and then how do they fit with the culture that you're they're hoping to continue to build? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question. Uh, I like to think that the best ideas usually come from someone else, <laughs> somewhere else, someone else, some other company. So I think when we've kind of evaluated who's came on board, uh, it's not necessarily the skill set. It really isn't. It's those that you can know are going to come on board, kind of 
be ready to take on the challenge and do it. it. You can teach skills. You can really teach a lot of people how to do a lot of different things, but you can't necessarily teach someone how to be have a personality, how to dive in, how to be that team leader, that work hard type of person. So we've been, when we've been bringing people on board, that's one thing that they've really evaluated is obviously, yes, it's where we need the help out and what departments and what sections. But then at the end of the day, it's what experience do they have? What can they teach us that are already here on board? Um, in the marketing department, we just hired someone that had that was at their last company for 10 years. It's like 10 years, that's a long time. We haven't even been started for 10 years. Um, so, But being able to bring that person on is exciting. It's someone we can learn from. It's someone we can take ideas. Uh, someone that is kind of ready to make that change. You know that them committing that 10 years to that company and being able to move on to another company is saying a lot because it was a hard change for them but they saw a lot of potential and growth in us. So it's really a two-way stream when we're bringing you know, new hires on and come, having people come in the door every day. It's, you know, there's a ton of applicants that apply for certain positions and certain jobs. And it's like, how do you weed those out and find out who's a good fit? We always, it's always about the interview and meeting the person. It's not necessarily about what's on their resume. And another thing that we take very highly into consideration is our employees now. Who do they recommend? Who would they like to see working here? Who do they think would be a good fit? And if they recommend someone, we want to we want to interview them. We want to talk to them and see why they recommended them. Because a lot of our employees that we have on staff, we think very highly of and trust a lot of their decisions and opinions. So if we're able to show them that by being able to bring on others or someone has a connection to someone or I know them through the grapevine, uh, we're kind of able to build that that team culture and keep the people that we have here too trusting in us and keep going at the end of the day because they know we're bringing on good people and people that are hopefully going to make their jobs easier in the long run. Which is always the key, right? If you're going to, if you're <laughs> yeah. going to bring people on you, you want them to be smarter than you are in, in areas that uh, you don't necessarily even want to do anymore because uh, it's been more of a, a of a challenge uh, if you don't have the skill sets. So one of the core values I saw on the website that really intrigued me was change your thoughts and change your world. So help, help maybe a, a, us understand a little bit more about where that came from and, and what the design of, of that core value is all about uh, for the company. Uh, that's funny that you bring that one up because we actually had an all-employee meeting today and we watched a video about positive mindset and positive thoughts. And it comes from that value of change your thoughts, change your world. Uh, you know, it was a TED Talk. And one of the big mindsets is, you know, obviously things kind of go on around us and life happens and not, I mean, this last year, I think we've all had to rethink about a lot of things in many different ways. Uh, but it's the positive mindset that you have and the thoughts that you have. And it's like, okay, something's going really wrong. But what can you, what's good coming out of it? What do you see on the positive side of it? So if you're able to kind of keep working that into your lifestyle, whether that's, you know, changing a few habits, you know, I, I think a lot of people say like, oh, I exercise every day or I meditate in the mornings or I journal. Um, I read my devotionals, that type of thing. I try to drink more water. If you start doing that, a lot of that kind of becomes a habitual thing. And then the next thing you know, it's just, it's natural that you're doing it. Same thing with your positive mindsets or changing your thoughts. You start thinking positive. You try to, you know, change the negative things into positive things or think, okay, at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, it, it will be able to hopefully solve it tomorrow or somebody else here can help me solve it. Because uh, so that's just something that I think it's, it's a little bit more of a morale thing in a way just to kind of keep 
keep people going because, oh, there's some days when you leave and you're like, I'll never get this to-do list done. I'm never going to see the end in sight. But if you could just kind of think of the good things that are kind of coming out of what you're working on or lean on your teammates or changing the mindset, that's something that we just want all of our employees to think about and reevaluate. So that's that's where that comes from. Well, it's, it was, it's absolutely unique. And I think especially in an, an organization that continues to grow, um, there are always growing pains and there are always challenges. You know, one of the things that we've learned uh, in our organization as we've grown is that every day is going to be a little bit different. Uh, but what do I what do I take from just that that day that I can take on to the next day? Um, and it's always easy to point out the things that aren't working. How do we uh, how do we point out the things that uh, that are working? Uh, and what do we learn from those experiences? So I it was just really, uh, really uh, something that um, resonated with with me as we have tried to build our culture around our, our values and what we're looking to try to accomplish as an organization. So as you came on board in 2017, were some of these already in place or has that been something that's been, that has evolved over a, a period of time? You know, I would say they've evolved a little bit, uh, especially over the last few years. We actually just put our values up on the wall. Uh, I would say it was like this last spring and put them on our website. You know, you always kind of have them in, in thought process and in your mind as a company. But to actually write them down or to put them on your wall or, you know, to put them on your website, that's when it's like those are sticking. You know, we, we put them in our company overview packets as well because it's just something that we want, you know, people to walk by and see daily and be reminded of. And they're not, you know, some of the standard core values that you see at a company like change your thoughts, change your world. I don't think a lot of companies have that one. Um, but they're a mixture, you know, they're a mixture of that mindset ones, culture, mentality, um, morale, like I mentioned. So it's just something that I think will continue to evolve a little bit and maybe we'll have some more that we add and maybe we'll go up to 10 values. But right now those are the, the five that we're sticking with and it feels like our company is kind of at that good sweet spot right now. We're at the 40 employees and we're trying to do what we can with the space that we have, I tell you what, that's another thing. <laughs> you outgrow your office really fast. <laughs> um, especially being that we moved from 2,500 square feet to over 6,000 in November of 2019, which wasn't that long ago. And we were like, oh, this is so spacious. This is great. And now we have like uh, pods instead of offices. So <laughs> uh, that tends to happen when you bring on more people. But it also brings a much more collaborative space as well. And I asked someone, oh, do you mind the background noise? They're like, I love the background noise. Hearing people work together and being able to solve problems. And you learn a lot from people too. If you're not necessarily working in their department or having that day-to-day -day conversation and you overhear, oh, such and such building is opening or we've now leased out this amount of units, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting for someone who goes out from the office and leaves and goes and talks to someone about a certain project going on and they didn't know anything maybe per se because they weren't in that meeting and they do know just from the collaborative environment that's happening here. Well, that's absolutely. We just uh, took over the other half of our building this year, this in 2021 as we continue to expand and realize we needed a lot more space than, than what we originally had 
anticipated. Um, so I can certainly understand those growing pains and trying to move everybody around and trying not to disrupt uh, every single day when you're when you're adding new people or new office space or whatever it might be. I don't know how many times there's deliveries three or four times a day with new furniture or whatever. Uh, and everybody's just sort of putting together their uh, their own desks and workspaces. So certainly can understand uh, where that's coming from uh, on, on your side. So talk about 2020, obviously a uh, really challenging year for most everybody personally, as well as professionally in some cases. What were some lessons that maybe you, you your team and the organization learned going through uh, COVID, particularly in, a, in the real estate space and some of the challenges that that, that might have been uh, to keep people safe, but also to keep business moving? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I would like to think that we flourished a little bit during 2020 because we kind of worked around things and figured out new ways to solve problems, which I think was uh, very big for our company. But when we were looking at March 2020, we opened our first building at the Lights. And the Lights is what a, it is our biggest project to date. Uh, an entertainment space has a parking ramp. We have two mixed-use buildings. Now we're working on the third that will have condos. So it's just a very large, exciting project, great for the community of West Fargo. And we're opening up a building with 49 residential units. And it's March 1st of 2020. Things are kind of going okay, but hearing a lot of things going on. Uh, the next thing you know, it's like middle of March. Things are shutting down. We are wondering how we're going to do showings, let alone get people in the door and get their keys and being told, you know, we have to work from home last year. It was March 18th. I think we were sent home. And it was like, thank gosh for technology. I think a lot of us figured that out. Uh, but just being able to do FaceTime showings, being able to take videos and send them to people, a lot of chat back and forth on Facebook Messenger, through text. But it was another thing, too, it was, you know, how do people feel about not seeing the units in person? And we had some people who still wanted to go to showings. And it was like, okay, keep your six feet apart, wear a mask. I'll meet you at the door. You can go in, check it out, come out, just kind of a let in type of thing. So we really learned to adapt a lot of different ways from the management side, because that's kind of where we really needed it at the time as the showing. Because at the end of the day, filling the units is what pays the bills, filling the units and filling the commercial space. Commercial space, that's a little bit of a ball game. You know, we had a couple different letter of intents and leases signed and people kind of just said, sorry, lots of unknowns. I mean, it wasn't even anything specific or that something happened. It was just truly like, I'm in the restaurant business. I have no idea what's going to happen. We're getting shut down. And that's, that's something, of course, that some of us didn't even know. You know, my boss is also owner of Spicy Pie, another restaurant in town here. He was going through a lot of unknowns. He wasn't sure what the next step was going to be. And so I think we all just kind of had to work together and understand it from every, everyone's perspective. As sucky as it is to lose a commercial tenant, at the end of the day, it's like we understand where you're, what you're going through. We get the unknowns. You know, we'll be here if you want to continue this process of building out your space, especially because they had had a signed lease, you know, and we already have a construction company, the architectural plans, everything. Um, but I think we learned a lot about like working with people and just making sure that it was something that we were all in this together. And I, that's something that it feels like the whole nation figured out, but it was something as a company we figured out. And by doing so, we were able to come out uh, the end of 2020 with 
new leases and newer people and people back in it saying, you know, I'm ready to sign that lease. I've been thinking about for a while, life's short type of thing. It's now or never. I want to be at that location. I want to get going and open. And so, so we had a lot of new opportunities as well, especially new developments too. As people were kind of figuring out with um, COVID. Yes, we had the issues of the mass and staying apart from each other. So we kind of figured out that one bedroom units and studio units were also really popular because people weren't necessarily wanting to have a two bed, they wanted to live alone. So that helped our development side and understand you know, what, where that was going and what direction we were wanting to take some of our next projects. Uh, and just the city officials and figuring out what they could do for the community. I know the city of West Fargo recently just did like a gift card program where they sent out $25 gift cards to every resident in town to use at a local business. So I think it really made people aware of supporting local businesses and who's local, who's not, and keeping those businesses going and open because at the end of the day, the more businesses, the better. You know, the more people that we're able to support, it gives, especially citizens around Fargo and West Fargo, the opportunity to have something to do. When you hear people say there's nothing to do in North Dakota, um, kind of makes you second guess that a little bit, seeing all these businesses around and uh, the lights opening and having, I mean, we were having concerts in 2020 and it's like no one was having concerts. So we got a little a little heat for that, but we really learned how to figure it out. We had a maximum number of people that could come through the door. We had, you know, COVID guideline sheets. Everyone had to wear a mask. We had sanitizer. We had things all over saying stay six feet apart. But it was it was a venue that opened and it was outdoors. And we had to be able to provide people a choice of do they, you know, it's up to them. You don't have to attend that event, but you can if you like to, because a lot of people are looking for something to support their mental health right now. People needed that opportunity to get outside. So we took some chances, definitely as a company, uh, in a lot more ways than one with our epic event side, with our, you know, residential, our commercial, our development and where we were going next. We just opened a building at the beginning of February here that had 26 one bedroom and studio units. And it was full by February 15th. And we never thought we'd see that happen, you know, just being filled up right away. And we just were like, oh, we're opening one and one beds and studios. But that was just something that we figured out people were looking for. And they wanted that privacy and they wanted that. I mean, it was a safety security thing for a lot of them in a sense, too. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like there's so many things we learned over the last year. But saying the fact that we've still grown and we've, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we do work better having to see each other and be around each other just due to the collaborative environment that we have and all the ideas that are flowing in and out of here. But we did get a lot better at using Microsoft Teams, GoToMeeting, a lot of those online technologies. So, so I think we learned a lot as well. However, we we're probably more, uh, we like to, to talk in person and bounce ideas off each other a little bit more that way. So a lot of things. We open a lot of buildings and Overall, I would say it went pretty well. Well, it sounds like it. And, and you know, I, I my heart always breaks for the companies that were not able to do that for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yet for those that were resilient enough to find solutions to problems that we didn't ever plan for. I mean, this is a once in a generation, once in a lifetime uh, experience, not in a positive way necessarily. But it also shows you the people that you have around you. Number one, do they do they fit your culture because they care about people, uh, both the people inside, but also 
those clients and potential clients that uh, that you're trying to uh, help support during that time. So it sounds like you guys learned a lot of lessons, but also figured out a way to persevere to to uh, come out on the other side of this uh, more successful uh, than maybe was first uh, imagined. I, I know we did the same thing. We got into business lines that we had never even thought of uh, because the need was there. And, and we also needed to make sure that we could uh, keep people employed, which was a, a big focus of ours too. So I think everybody sort of tried to figure out what's next. And then we went, well, you know what, we can't figure out what's next. We just got to deal with what's in front of us. And, and uh, so that was very helpful for us. So tell us a little bit, I guess, about um, what you know, when you are, are, you know, if you want to, if people are listening to this and they're trying to understand maybe what, uh, what you guys, what's next for you guys, what are some highlights that maybe you want, uh, people to, to be aware of for where you're going, what, uh, what, uh, opportunities both for maybe potential, uh, partners or, uh, for, for those employees that might be looking for a new, uh, new opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I think we have a, a lot of different options. And like you said, I, I think, you know, persevering and resilience was big in the last year. And that's kind of what I feel like we, we see through a lot of our projects as well, because there's always bumps along the way. There's always things that come up and things that happen. And, you know, Mother Nature, I would say, is probably is probably one of our biggest competitors in a sense of, of things that happen with our construction projects. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we started construction by Epic. So we've hired a couple of construction managers and we're still looking to hire a few more and get that construction team solid uh, with people that are multitudes of experience, whether they're right out of college to all the way to estimation level, you know, to that mid-level that have been able to work on a couple different projects. Uh, so we've been working on building up that team over the last few months and do a lot of that, those commercial fit-ups in-house and maybe eventually some smaller buildings. And then with that, we also have turned a little bit to a realty team um, that will be working on condos because condos is kind of our new venture and our newest thing that we're going to be starting. They won't open until 2022, but that'll be the third phase of at Envy at the Lights. And then we're also going to be bringing condos into some of our other developments, one of those being Eola by Epic. And that project will be a large project that's around Anderson Park, just south of I-94 in Fargo here. And the unique thing about that project is we're going to be bringing the first sled hill. Uh, so if you've ever been to Titletown in Green Bay, uh, you'll be able to see that here. It's like a two-wing sled hill, so that's really awesome. And then in the summers, people will be able to sit on it and watch concerts, live events, because there's a four-acre park that will be at Eola. And we're also going to have then apartments, commercial, condos there. So that's a, a really cool project for us. And then we are going to be doing a project as well in Grand Forks called The Beacon which is our next step, I guess, with the lights. We've always wanted to kind of see if we can bring the lights to other cities, and Grand Forks is our next step. So we'll be able to do a plaza, a stage, have events there, uh, commercial space, apartments, condos, and eventually we'd like to be able to bring the lights project to some other communities too, whether that's in North Dakota, Minot, Bismarck, or elsewhere. Uh, Sioux Falls uh, would be an option, or somewhere in Minnesota as well. But I think for us, you know, of course, employment is an option. We're always looking for the right fit for a company. But like you mentioned, uh, partners, we are always looking for investors and people who want to partner with us on the projects. We have different levels of investing. If you're just interested in kind of talking through those, I could easily talk through those. But, you know, whether it's equity, sub debt, 
Uh, 1031, we have a lot of projects in the Renaissance zone, opportunity zone, so great for tax incentives. And I think investors, you know, it's something where they can sit down with us and we're able to show them a tangible product. It's not necessarily flipping open your cell phone and looking through the stocks and things going up and down or even your Bitcoin numbers are going good, going down for the day. You can drive by the building, you can take a tour of the building, you can live at the building, you can have a business at the building. Uh, it's something that you can see at the end of the day and kind of even watch the construction process. We're very communicative with our investors, whether that's construction reports, letting them use our online portal, having them come to socials. Uh, we've been doing about one social a week, so we've been trying to keep very open-minded and open communication. Communication is very important for that. And just about the whole process. We like to be able to you know, even let other companies be able to bid on our projects and be involved with our projects because those construction companies also become our partners at the end of the day. So we're very strong with partners, whether you're an investor, whether you're a company working on our project, whether you live in our building or you have a business in our building, uh, being a partner is very important to us. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved with Epic. There's also the event side. Uh, I like to say that one of the big things about events is watching someone that you've never met before leave an event with a smile on their face. They enjoyed the time. They don't know you, uh, but you were detailing their life and hopefully a good one that was able to provide a good experience for them. So I feel like Epic is very uh, community oriented. Our main goals are providing a better quality of life for the community. And whether that's hosting an event, we hosted an art show, uh, having someone live at our building, having someone go to a business at our building and grab a coffee. Uh, whatever that is, at the end of the day, our main goals are just to make sure that we're providing the best that we can for the community and the people that live here. Well, that's fantastic. It really does sound like the organization takes to heart that they are part of the community, not just doing business in the community, which I think is uh, um you know, it's it's unique sometimes in the in the industries uh, that we both play in in terms of construction and real estate. Uh, oftentimes, it's seen as just a simple investment, and um, and it's not seen as an opportunity to actually enhance the community that they're in, other than maybe helping the investors make more money. But um, that, that sounds fantastic. I mean, I'm excited to hear and see what uh, Epic Companies continues to do. It sounds like there is a lot of energy around trying new things and, and always thinking about what's next, which uh, I think is always exciting for both employees, but also uh, those in the communities that you guys live and work in, that there is a company that is thinking about the future and uh, not putting any boundaries around what necessarily is possible. So uh, I've really appreciated the conversation today. I, I appreciate everything that you have been able to share with our viewers and, and uh, the listeners of our podcast. And uh, if there's anything that we can ever do to help partner with you guys, as you continue to grow, um, especially around culture and, and uh, um, some of the lessons we've learned as we've grown from, you know, 10 to 15 people to well over a hundred at this point in time, how we've been able to do that. And uh, uh, we're happy to do so. And same thing when it comes to any business opportunities that we might be able to partner with you guys on here in the Twin Cities too. So. Yeah, well, we'll be there in April. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a, a little social down there. So I'll be sure to extend the invite, but Truly honored that you had us on today. Uh, just very exciting to be able to learn from other people, like I said, uh, be able to hear your success and kind of a little bit, just a tad of ours, but it's good to be able to know there's so many resources and people out there that 
we can rely on and kind of go to along the way as well because I think that's huge and mentors for a lot of our employees has been really big in the success and making sure that they're holding that director position wisely so thank you again so much I truly appreciate the time yeah absolutely thank you thanks for listening to learn more visit fcpservices.com until next time remember people drive growth